Before we start today's episode, we have a few things we'd like to state. Firstly, this episode was recorded before George Floyd's death led to protest and activism throughout the world. We had decided to postpone releasing this episode out of respect for the protest and those sharing stories on social media. We are not typically a political podcast. Every episode, we try to bring you a fun distraction from the world, which is why we've actively decided to keep most political talk out of the show. However, we cannot be silent on this issue. Myself, Brandon, and the entire Entertainment Buffet team unequivocally supports the movement and believes that Black Lives Matter. Entertainment Buffet has also made a donation to the Chicago Community Bond Fund. We will link that and other places to donate to in the description of this episode. We understand that this is also a financially difficult time for many, so if you're unable to donate but are interested in getting involved, we will also link those resources in the description. Lastly, we hope everyone is taking care of their own mental health. We will also link to mental health resources. Stay safe, take care of yourself and others, wear a mask, and we hope you use this episode and our future ones to come as a happy distraction from everything. Welcome everyone to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. And I'm another one of your hosts, Jessica Quaz. And we're back, guys, and this time we are chatting about uh, TV reunion episodes and specials on episode 79 of the podcast. Uh, yeah, we have been experiencing a large number of TV shows uh, reuniting uh, during COVID, uh, remotely and virtually, uh, some for some table reads, some for some charity events and specials and whatnot. So we figured what better time to talk about reunions and specials and TV shows coming back. Yeah, I feel like reunions, reboots, rebrandings, whatever you want to call them, have been going on on TV for a while. But during all of this, they have been in high gear. It seems like every single show has done some sort of reunion and we just kind of wanted to talk about like which ones are working which ones aren't and not just in the scope of like these covid table reads because obviously judging the quality of them is a little different given the restraints and creatives but um yeah just in general what is working for these tv reunions and what isn't and just having like a general discussion about something that seems to be kind of pretty big in our pop culture yeah, exactly. Just uh, just hit it on the head that we're not just going to be chatting about the current ones happening, but uh, talk about reunions and return specials in general, because uh, it feels like any popular show that ends, uh, whether it was prematurely or 
ran for eight, nine years, people want it back. <laughs> and uh, some shows do it. Some shows put it off, and 10, 20 years later, they still haven't done it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so before we get into... Uh, before we get into chatting about that, uh, we're going to chat a little bit about uh, what we've been watching. So, Jess, what, uh, since last episode, have you been watching and viewing? So, for movies, I'm still kind of going at it from the perspective of movies that I've never seen or movies that I haven't seen in a very long time. That's kind of like how I'm handling movies in quarantine right now. Um so movies I've watched recently are all pretty different, which is interesting. The first one being Uncut Gems, which is now on Netflix, so it's easily accessible. Um, I really, really liked it a lot more than I was expecting to, and I was expecting to really like it. Um, it's just very high intensity and very tense to watch and... It's just, I, I can't even fully describe the experience of watching it because it is at times painful, at times hilarious, at times aggravating, confusing. It's a little bit of everything. Um, and it's interesting to be following Adam Sandler's character throughout it because he's kind of a despicable, stupid person that, like, is your protagonist, which is so interesting. But honestly, like, it was fantastic. I highly suggest if you have Netflix to watch it. Um, it is sort of a crime that Adam Sandler was not nominated for any awards, which if I'm saying that, that's kind of wild. If, like, he, <laughs> he was, I know, like, there was outrage at the time. Like, why didn't he get anything? And now I fully get it because it was an unbelievable performance. And, I mean, I'm not, like... Uh, against Adam Sandler, but I'm not his biggest fan in the world. But, like, that performance was unlike anything clearly he's ever done. And he just nailed it. And I can't believe he didn't get any recognition for it. Um, especially because award shows love when comedians get into drama. That's, like, their jam. So right. I can't believe, like, he didn't get anything for it. Um, and then I've been watching some older movies, some classics. Um, I watched Soylent Green, um, which is like this cult sci-fi horror movie from the You 70s. love cults. <laughs> no, not that kind of cult. Like cult classic. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, I was going to say. <laughs> I love both kinds of cults. <laughs> like cult classic <laughs> and, you know, the religious groups. Like love them. Um, but no, cult classic. <laughs> um, gotcha. It's called Classic from the 70s, and it's, like, this weird horror sci-fi. And it's really hard to describe without giving too much away. The ending and the twist is kind of iconic, and I knew it going into it, what was happening. And since I knew what was going to happen, it was, like, slightly boring to watch, but it was kind of interesting at the same time just to see how, like, a gritty sci-fi was handled back in the day in the 70s, early 70s. Um... So yeah, if you've never seen it and you don't know the twist, it is an interesting watch. If you already know the twist, eh. um, And then I watched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which is a classic um, starring Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And I cannot believe I've went this long in my life not watching it. It is so something my that is like right up my alley. It's like weird sort of horror-y kind of like creepiness like with like classic campy performances 
but it was actually like really um, amazing. Like I just, I loved it. Again, I can't believe as someone who likes weird horror that I've never seen it. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's more of a realistic kind of horror and I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, and then in terms of TV, I've been watching Trial by Media, which is a documentary series that's on Netflix. And it's really interesting because it takes um, pretty notorious court cases, but instead of like a normal sort of true crime documentary, it does it from the perspective of the media and how the media really shaped what was happening, which is an interesting take because that happens so much with massive cases that the media gets involved in. And when they're starting to kind of spin stories that has a lot to do with like public perception um, and it's just, it's an interesting angle. So it's very interesting to see how, what papers and news are saying will influence the outcome. Um, so that's a, it's fascinating to watch. And then completely different, uh, TV show. I started watching Labor of Love, which is a very new cheesy weird ass reality tv show on fox have you <laughs> seen anything about this show brandon i've seen a facebook ad and it's <laughs> funny because a wrestler is on this show apparently yeah i didn't know if he was like a major wrestler he brings it up though that he's like yeah i was a professional wrestler and like i mean that could mean anything so i didn't know if he was like actually like a well-regarded wrestler or not well, well regarded, I I don't know if I'd say. It's just like he was known, he had like, I always wondered why he wasn't more famous, but then he actually moved later on. I don't know if it was due to injuries or he just wanted to step aside from the physical role. And then he was an announcer for a long time. Um, and I think he still is. I think that's like his still, his job, not in WWE, but like other smaller promotions. And I think he's usually the guy who does the English dubs for, like, Mexican wrestling. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's... he's it, uh, When I saw... I was like, that guy looks like Matt Stryker. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I think that is Matt Stryker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I did not realize that's what his career was like. He definitely brings up professional wrestling, like I said. But it's in, like, a really weird context. So, anyway, Labor of Love, for those of you who don't know, is... <laughs> It's it's a concept. It is like The Bachelor. It's essentially The Bachelor, but instead of trying to find the quote-unquote love of your life, we're trying to find this woman's baby daddy. So, uh, so essentially, it's like... Is she, how, how pregnant is she? She's not pregnant at all. Okay, so this is... Oh, wait, no, no, no. She's, what? She's choosing who's going to be her baby daddy. That's what it is. So... Oh, okay. So okay. she's going into it not pregnant because <laughs> that would be wild if it was like, which one of you is did this to me? I thought no. I thought it was like who's gonna take responsibility of this child? Oh my god, that would be way more twisted. Like that, would or be, be like dark. the sperm donor, but then also will date. I don't. That's know. That's it. Well, it's kind of that. So it's like the competition is who will be this woman's like sperm donor, and if they just so happen to fall in love, cool. Like. <laughs> So it's really bizarre, and that's why I'm I'm wow. I watched the first episode because it's like this. I love this kind of stupid ass, weird ass reality TV, <laughs> and this it's hilarious. Like it is the weirdest thing I've probably ever watched, 
and I like I don't even like the production value of it too is incredibly cheap incredibly cheap like they did not spend a lot of money on it they spent money on the host and where the people are gonna live and that's about it like <laughs> it was amazing like for the the end of the episode when she's like eliminating guys they like if you've ever seen like one of those kind of shows like the bachelor or whatever whenever there's like an elimination there's usually like a decent production design they're like standing in like a beautiful area with like nice backgrounds in this show no they literally stood in the living room and the kitchen area of the house that all the men are staying at She's like, it's like an open concept room. They're kind of standing in the kitchen area. She's standing in the living room. And her background is all the men's suitcases. Like, they haven't, like, unpacked or organized. So there's just, like, a bunch uh. of stuff in the background. It's like, what? I just, I literally dipped my head <laughs> and bumped the microphone. Because I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, you couldn't, y'all couldn't go in the backyard and just, like, have nice trees as the background? Like, what? <laughs> it's bonkers. And, like, yeah, the first, so it's interesting because, like, you know, usually in these kind of shows, it's, like, these men are fighting for, like, the woman's attention and, like, want her love and, like, ooh, she's so hot, I want to get with her, whatever, whatever. In this, it's, like, they're literally fighting about whose sperm is better and, like, who is, like, more responsible. Uh, So, like, the wrestler guy at some point, he keeps talking about how he's a wrestler and how his sperm is going to be dynamite because he's, like, a strong wrestler guy and his sperm's going to be strong. And it's like, what? So it's wild. If you just need, like, a release from everything and just zone in on something stupid... This is the show for you. I watched it with my boyfriend who hates those kind of shows. And him and I were just dying. We were just laughing the whole time. It's hilarious. And it's bonkers. And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm only one episode in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Woof, woof, woof. I... I, I, like I said, I just saw like the Facebook ad slash promo trailer thing when I was scrolling one day and... I didn't know the full details of it. Um, that's just, I don't know. <laughs> it's bizarre as hell. Like it's so. They'll do anything. It it won't it, they? it is, and it's just like, like that's how it got me too. I was scrolling through and I saw an ad on social media, and I was like, this can't be real. And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, this is amazing. I'm gonna watch every episode. <laughs> like, oh my oh, god, boy. it's because it's just bonkers. And like she, the woman is like takes it so seriously to a point where it's like do you do you know what you signed up for? like this is tv girl uh, like it's just so weird it's so weird i love it <laughs> yeah wow that's ridiculous was there anything else uh, <laughs> you've been watching besides labor of love and the ones you've already talked about no i mean you know that's all i need is labor of love right now that's it um that's, it, <laughs> that's all i need oh you know i lied i have been and this is weird i won't talk about it too too much but i have been watching old seasons of america's next top model um and it's it's a time i mean i used to watch america's next top model when i was younger a kid in middle school and i thought it was like such a serious show it was like oh my god competition like, wow. And now that I'm watching it while I'm older, I'm like, this 
was just a massive troll. Like, this was just one <laughs> big joke. Like, this is ridiculous. It's very problematic and very weird, but it's really entertaining. So, yep. I've, the gamut for reality TV show in me is just, you know, wild. <laughs> wow. Well, I have not been watching any reality TV <laughs> during this. Um, I... TV, when it comes to TV-wise, uh, well, the last week or so, or since we last recorded, uh, very heavily been moving, um, and so I've been trying to put on things I've seen while I'm packing slash unpacking, um, so nothing really any new, uh, but now that I'm almost done unpacking in my new apartment, I'm really hoping to dive into, uh, you know, you gave me some some viewing homework as well as some uh, some other movies and shows. I um, just to name some kind of classics I've rewatched, and a lot of these movies it was like maybe the second or third time I've seen them, so they're not like ones I know super well. Um, Twelve Angry Men, uh, classic. Um, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, um, and then I kind of bouncing all over the wall i've been getting into stop motion stuff uh i, I want to do some stop motion stuff and so i watched chicken run <laughs> which watch that movie again it is so good so funny but also very dark for a kid's movie um says a lot about how chickens are treated and oh. like i'm yeah it's very good um and then just the other day while I was unpacking, I threw on Back to the Future Part 3 um, because I've been doing some Western movie research due to a script I'm working on. And one thing I'll say about Part 3, it gets a lot of shit, but it's still a lot of fun. Like, yeah. I know it kind of went off the rails, but like I enjoyed... Some people give Part 2... A Back to the Future ship because like it ends up going back to 1955 and like does a lot of retreads of everything, but part three they just fully go to the old west and it's a fun adventure, a cool like action piece at the end with the train and everything. I I just think it's a lot of fun, um, and I I think that that trilogy is really underrated as a trilogy. I love the original, but. The fact that part two and part three, like it all kind of links together. They had pretty much the same cast for everything and same direction and writers. It just feels like it fits together, which is very rare, I think, for trilogies. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, I think three gets a lot of shit, but I think it's just like you said, it's fun. I remember as a kid, I really liked it because I just thought it was really fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just like making you feel good and having fun right? with it. Yeah, um, so that was one, and then one I just watched last night, at, uh, at, as we're recording this last night, I watched for only the second time, District 9. Yeah, that's a great movie. Oh my god, I, I loved watching it now having seen it, but like I saw it years and years ago, like it's crazy how that movie came out 11 years ago now. Um, that is interesting. <laughs> which is wild. I didn't know, I didn't realize it was that long ago, but I remember at the time i mean it felt like such a interesting concept for the time that it came out in yeah like just the pacing um from a filmmaking and writing perspective that there's a good 45 so minutes 
of like the documentary style storytelling to set up what's going to happen later and then the last kind of third of the movie uh it's a little under two hours the last third of the movie is pretty much an action movie and i think while i read some reviews that people kind of shit on the fact that it was an action movie in the third act and also people shit on the fact that it's kind of a white savior movie um i still just think that this is a movie, a sci-fi movie that is done so well when we've seen such misses from both sci-fi and action uh, that it provides so much commentary on, you know, immigration and treating of, uh, I guess, species or beings that are different and um, just... So many like political views and things like that, while also is like a body horror movie, but then mm-hmm. also is action. Yeah. <laughs> it it is really well done. If you haven't seen District Nine by now, please go watch it. Or if you haven't seen it like me in years, rewatch it. It is crazy how a lot of things are still relevant today. Um that like, yeah, you can nitpick some things and, and criticize some of it, but Let's be honest, guys. Would you rather watch an action movie like District 9 or one of the Fast and Furious movies? Yeah, exactly. Like, I I don't know. Like, I haven't watched it in years, and I probably will, because at the time it came out, I remember really enjoying it, um, and I don't think I've really seen it since, so I'll have to rewatch it. But yeah, there's a lot going on in there that I remember being executed very well. And, like, I don't know. Like, the concept of a white savior in that was is interesting because I don't remember white people looking too great or humans in general looking too great in that movie. But whatever, that's besides the point. But you're right, like, yeah, it's interesting when we have an action movie that has, like, something powerful to say. Like, I, I do find that to be very interesting, and we don't really get that a ton. I mean, some, like you said, like, Fast and Furious, like, big action franchises or movies are kind of, like, fluff. Like, it's just like, oh, look at us run and do crazy things. And so it's interesting to have one that gets actually, like, very deep and speaks to a really big picture concept. Exactly. And and like you said, I, I find it so interesting that it's a white savior type thing when, honestly, it's, <laughs> it's, like you said, it's not just white people in that movie. It's just how people in general treat these aliens. And so I think that's the commentary. Like, if you're trying to make it a race thing, like, you're... You're looking at the wrong part mm-hmm. of the race issue in my eyes. But also it's like you said, guys, do you do you wanna watch Vin Diesel just drive fast cars and explosions? Or would you rather have a science fiction movie that has some real commentary and real points of view uh to try to, you know, say something. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Like it's it has a lot to say and I don't know, I think that that's like I said, really rare for like big action or sci-fi movies to do. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that is what I've been uh, watching. Just kind of rewatching some stuff. I'm hoping to jump into the, some new things. Um, but yeah, guys, please let us know what have you been watching during uh, your quarantine um is it shows is it movies you haven't seen before are you trying to dive into uh 
ones that you've been meaning to see like i'm still i'll admit i'm still behind i still need to see parasite uh and but now i'm i'm gonna try to get to that because i have the time yeah exactly <laughs> that's why like i said like most of what i'm watching in quarantine with movies i'm trying to watch things like i've never seen before that i've been wanting to because that was always the thing i never had time to watch movies and now i do so it's like all right i can go through the list of things i've been meaning to watch for a long time because now i can do that yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, the subject of this episode, which is TV reunions slash uh, reunion specials, um, both some that have been happening currently and also just reunions in general. Um, so like we kind of teased at the beginning during covid um, since there's a lot of shows and movies not really filming right now, I think there's a lot of actors who aren't doing much. And actually, some of them are doing good causes by reuniting via Zoom and such to uh, whether it's just do table reads of shows that they did or like Parks and Rec making an, an original uh, Zoom themed episode and... Um, all the benefits, you know, of everything going to charity and going to like first responders uh, of COVID and things like that. So I'm, I'm really glad that the reunions are happening for a good cause. Um, and it's been interesting to see how many are springing up. Uh, Jess, um, before we talk into about them in general, what have you seen any of the, the newer ones that have dropped? Yeah. So in terms of like these COVID reunions, um, I did watch the Parks and Rec one, which is probably, like, I would argue, like, the biggest type of reunion like this because it was actually broadcast on TV. Um, and I found that to be really interesting that they didn't do, like, just a table read. Like, they really wrote an episode and they really acted it out. And I, I don't know, like, I found it to be very comforting for many reasons. One, obviously... The entire thing was for charity, and I mean, they. I thought that was wonderful. Like, even just sh saying, hey, like, so many people are watching this right now. If you have five bucks, ten bucks, here's, like, some organizations we have listed on this website. Like, if you could just go and, like, we'll match your donation. Like, that's wonderful. That's something really simple, just to put it out there and just say, hey, don't forget, like, this is a, a great place. Um, so there was that. That whole thing on top of everything was wonderful. But what I really liked about it is that as opposed to like a table read, and I'm not saying the table reads are a bad thing, I'm, I'm not at all, but it was interesting to see characters that we know and love going through what we're going through. It was really refreshing to see like if these characters are real and if they're around right now, they would be going through the same things that we're going through. And it was just interesting to have that put out for us. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just... Yeah. I Yeah, I was going to say, I, I also uh, loved the Parks and Rec special. Because um, I think this is a show... Not to say that a lot of these comedies aren't, but I feel like this show recently was just such a joy. And a lot of people were probably re-watching it as something as a distraction and so it was like you said it was it they wrote it perfectly to touch on all the issues of what's going on um 
kind of share some information that maybe if some people weren't quite believing or questioning or whatever, and it's like, well, maybe if one of your characters you love says it, maybe you'll think about it differently. Um, Because they're not doing it for a paycheck. They're not doing it uh, besides just to hopefully give people some laughs of distraction, but also can donate if people have the money, the resources to do so. Um, Yeah, and like, (laughs) I could have seen something like this be a type of episode of something anyway you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like there have already been some like shows or movies that have taken place like on someone's phone or uh on a computer or things like that that it this could have just easily have been an episode of parks and recreation um it, it like it was just handled so well and i think so quickly that i think it's awesome that they were able to do that all those actors and actresses came back a lot of the supporting ones too it wasn't just the main cast everyone came back everyone contributed and i think it was just it felt like a perfect example of what the show was but the topic that is on everyone's mind. Yeah, and I think they did it in a way that, like, of course, most of the episode was about what was happening, of course, because, like you said, that's, like, what is on everyone's mind. That's, like, what's going on. But they did it in a way that didn't, like, shove it down your throat, that just, like, made it real and showed you, like, here's how all your beloved characters would be handling it, which I found, like, really interesting and refreshing. Like, I love the John Ralphio commercial where he's like, here's my number, just call me on board. Like, I loved that. It was so weird. Or like, Joan Calamezza, which is like my favorite supporting character, just like wild with all her dolls, like just going crazy. And it was just, it was just fun to see, like this is what would be happening right now. And it did so in a way that like made you feel like it was okay. Like all this is okay because like, they're handling it too. I don't know. It was just it was just very joyous and nice. And I will say too, I think they did a really good job writing around the restrictions because obviously like you have like Andy and April and you have like Chris and Ann and Ben and Leslie who are together but they can't be in the same room because those actors can't be in the same room. And I think they did a really good idea of like addressing that where like Chris is like, oh, Anne's on the opposite side of the house because she's a nurse, like, so I can't be by her. Or, like, Andy locked yep. himself in a room because he's an idiot. Like, that worked. I thought they did a really good job writing for that. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree because that, that was one thing I was curious how they were going to address was there's, like, three different couples on the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how... And some of them have kids together. So... Uh, I think they handled it well, especially, like you said, just the silliness of Andy locked himself in the shed. Right. And that's um, like, so what the character would do, like, it makes yeah. sense. But also the nurse thing is very relevant. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so I love that they added that in, like, oh, she's back nursing to just help out. And like, yeah, I, I just, I think they just really did a wonderful job. And I think it would be incredibly hard to write something like this in a way that is funny and and does make you feel good. And I think they just really nailed it overall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this was really well done. Um, I know that the, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of more um, that'll 
try to rec- not maybe not recreate this, but try to make a themed episode in the vein of like it's all on a Zoom call. Um, and I I also don't blame them <laughs> because we're very limited. But like I think the writers and the actors, everyone pulled it off to the best of their ability to where if this wasn't a situation to where we knew people couldn't be in the same room, like I would have believed that that was just a, an episode of their show that they came up with the concept of what if the whole thing happened through zoom? Yeah. Which like you said, has happened with TV and movies before all this. Like I would suggest watching the movie searching cause it all takes place on a computer and it's really good. But that, <laughs> that's just a sidebar. <laughs> Absolutely. What, uh, were there any other current, recently released ones you've uh you've checking out yeah i actually watched the lizzie mcguire table read um which was really fun because the whole cast did it they all came out and it had been years and years since we've seen all these characters together and it was cute like it was just a table read they uh read the iconic bra shopping episode um and it was just really sweet they were all having such a good time you could really tell, like, they just enjoyed it. And they were sharing a lot of interesting, like, behind-the-scenes kind of things. Of Like, the writers were there, and they were talking about how they had to fight with Disney to just say the word bra, which was really interesting. Because, like, at that time, I was around Lizzie's age, and I remember, like, the whole concept of bra shopping was, like, horrifying. And it was so cool to have, like, a kid on TV talking about it. So, like, yeah, it was just interesting. And they did the same thing where, like, I think they put it on Instagram and youtube i believe and then in the description they had like links to charities and it was just a way to kind of get eyes on those charities and it was just like really sweet and also in the vein of like reunions there's been a lot of back and forth with the lizzie mcguire reboot series like there's been a lot of issues with that and it was just really cool to see the whole cast come together and just kind of be, like, united during this COVID time. And then also while these all, like, weird things are happening with the future of Lizzie McGuire, if there is a future. Um, so it was just nice. It was just, like, really nice to see. I think they did a really good job of just making it light and fun and, like, just doing, like, a nice, uh, like, remembrance of their time and just, like, a really nice way to honor their show. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I did not watch much of Lizzie McGuire, but I like that they covered a topic that was relevant to someone like yourself, who was their demographic. <laughs> yeah, and like, let me tell you, that episode was like the most iconic. Like, that was the episode, and so I love that they did that one in particular because that was just like, it just was the big episode. Um, if you watched it, like, you know that episode. And so it's just really cute that they, like, redid that one. They did that as a table read. And, like, yeah, they just, like, had, like, a, like, a lot of really nice behind-the-scenes stories. And it's interesting because, you know, there were a lot of obvious, like, child actors on the show. And they were all there. And they all seemed, like, very, like, okay, which is good. Like, it's refreshing to see, um a child actor back with like their fellow child actors and there's not any like animosity or like weird 
tension. Like, I don't know. I just find that, like, oddly refreshing because you never know, like, how a child was treated on set. Like, it could have been horrifying. So to see a show where it was like, okay, the kids were treated okay. Like, they enjoy this material. They don't trigger any sort of negative emotion. That's nice to see, too. Um, so yeah, I just enjoyed it. Like, it was just like a very sweet reunion and it just made me feel better. It kind of distracted me for a little bit and just, it was just nice. It was nostalgic too. It hit on the nostalgia factor for sure. Yeah, it sounds like it, but, uh, I, I agree that sometimes even if it's not going to be like new material, it's nice to just see the cast back together and like people getting along and having fun. Um, cause I had a very similar experience. Uh, I watched the table read, uh, of an episode of community and, um, basically it was Dan Harmon and like the entire cast, except for Chevy Chase, uh, <laughs> they picked an episode, uh, where it was after Chevy Chase's character is dead. Oh, <laughs> shady. <laughs> Uh, and um in the original episode walton goggins uh was a big guest role in that episode and he couldn't because of for whatever reason and so they got pedro pascal to do it oh interesting yeah and he was so fun because uh what was great was right at the end there's a part where basically it's a it's a sperm joke but like the why it's funny is because it ends up being like a like a repeat joke like five or six times in a row and like every time it's it's just long enough to where you forget it until like boom sperm sperm and it's just like ridiculous and Pedro Pascal kept breaking <laughs> and I like they kept it in the video and he's just looking at the script he's like how do you guys do this <laughs> and like it just felt like a genuine moment where like they're all having fun together and he's just like he's doing that thing that uh, we've seen some actors do like in bloopers and whatnot he's like whoo okay hmm, I got this <laughs> That's really and this sweet. is for yeah it was for a read on zoom and yeah it was just a lot of fun i even watched they did kind of like a um not quite an interview portion but like uh i think it was joe McHale posted a link where it was a good 20 some minutes of them just like hanging out um and seeing them kind of talk because the last couple seasons donald glover really wasn't a part of and so like uh, it was great to see him interact with everyone and them all just having so much fun and talking about how they just would laugh at like the dumbest things and like little characters <laughs> that they would create and mess with each other in bits and whatnot. And yeah, like you said, it was just a good distraction. It was a funny episode that they chose, maybe not like their best or most well known, but it just was something that made sense because it was an episode that was pretty much entirely in the study room and therefore like they could all be in like a group quote-unquote scene together but not like different stories jumping to different scenes and locations so uh yeah it was a lot of fun um i think it (laughs) it furthered the 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 theory that a lot of people have uh there was a joke on community saying six seasons in a movie and i think after them all hanging out and talking now i think people and dan Harmon have even said like um we may be in talks for that movie (laughs) and so the show went the six seasons 
well, we get the movie now that they've all kind of reunited and hung out and realized how much fun they had together. Yeah, that's really nice. I mean, I think a lot of these, like, special table reunions, it's hard to, like, look at them critically, and I think it's kind of unnecessary to do so because it's just for a good cause. No one's trying to, like, make art right now. I mean, it's just, like, something really nice, and so... It's it's really great to just have these things that distract you, kind of bring you back to the place that the show made you feel, see how everyone's interacting with each other, how they're doing. Like, it's just nice. It's just, like, a really nice way to, like, reunite a show, and everyone kind of has time right now to do it, so it's not anything crazy. And it's just, like, just a really sweet thing for us to have. So yeah, this uh, has been very awesome to see some of these recent uh, TV episode reunions. There's, I'm sure there's plenty more that'll happen, more that'll come, but um, I wanted to take this time in this episode to not just talk about the current ones, but just talk about this concept of TV reunions to begin with. It usually happens with comedy shows because they're often the shows that... Usually, if they're not uh, linear, by the end of the episode, we are back to where things were. And But when it comes to, like, dramas, you know, obviously, if, like, the lead character dies, it's like, how are we going to do, like, a reunion, you know? Right, right. <laughs> um, so, like, this is something that typically happens with sitcoms or comedy, or even if they're hour-long uh, shows, they may be of a more comedic variety. Um, and not necessarily just sitcoms themselves, but I I, I wanted to talk about it because like uh, you know Jess, we're both millennials. A lot of people say that like we're especially like nostalgic, um, but um, I wonder if that's just like an us thing or if it's just everyone when it comes to like reunions where we just want the shows we love back. So I, I guess. Uh, do you have some other shows that they did sort of a reunion type thing, whether it was an episode or a special, uh, and we can kind of just talk about these reunions in general? Yeah, as I was thinking about it for this episode, I sort of realized that there's a lot of reunions that I did not care for, that I was like maybe excited about at one point, but then when it actually happened, I found it incredibly disappointing. So, and which ones were those? Um, so like Will and Grace, that was a show that didn't they do like a season? Yeah, they did two, and then it was wow, yeah, two, they did two, and like I was really excited for it to come back because that show was always so hilarious to me. Um, and I watched the first few episodes, and like actually, their first episode was great. Like, it was actually really funny and really wonderful. And I think they handled, like, the characters aging and what they're like in this year, like, this world now. I thought they were it was hilarious. And then just as it went, like, the storylines they focused on felt, like, kind of strange and, like, kind of just, like, unnecessary as well. So I think I watched, like, the full first season and for the most part enjoyed it until towards the end. And then it came back for a second season, and I don't think I watched any of that, just because it was like, okay, I mean, like, how, how long are we going to keep this going? And, like, what was also incredibly disappointing was um, there were rumors of Megan Mullally and Deborah Messing fighting so, so terribly on set, like, just not getting along for whatever reason, I don't know, 
that they wouldn't be together in scenes or that the last episode was incredibly tense for everyone involved and it's like okay well that so wait did you say that was like the original show's run this problems were happening or just during the revival during the revival which yeah so like um it seemed like for the most part if there was any drama in the original run we didn't really know about it or wasn't that big of a deal it did generally seem like they all got along just fine and when they came back for the reboot like they were doing press junkets and interviews and everything together and everything seemed totally fine so i don't really understand like what happened but yeah during the second season of the revival uh the two female leads started fighting and it was so bad that like there were reports everywhere about how like they're terrible to work with with each other and like everyone's having a miserable time and like the last episode they just kind of had to like get through to deal with it and like that's incredibly disappointing because like the like you just kind of ruined the purpose of coming back you you know like it's like yeah behind the scenes and like the shows don't always add up but it's like for this particular thing, you're going to come back and then kind of, like, just be assholes to each other. And then, like, that's not fun to watch. Like, I don't want to watch a reboot knowing that, like, you guys are just forcing yourselves to do this and you're actually pretty miserable. Like, that's that's not fun. So, I think that Will and Grace, the revival, was a really... It could have been a really good idea. Uh, the start of it was really good. I wonder, though, if just, like, full-blown jumping into... A reunion series which is essentially what they did if that was like the best idea or you know in general I don't think it needed to happen because I do think the original run had a great ending and could have just been like left as it was um and instead like instead of bringing it back I think NBC could have spent money on like another LGBTQ kind of show because that's really what Will and Grace's legacy was, was, like, bringing that to a broadcast network. But, like, yeah, it just, yeah, it was, like I said, it was something I was, like, excited about when I got the, heard the news and that everyone was going to come back and it was going to be this, this, and that. And I thought it would be really funny, too, uh, with how they handle certain political things, which they were. Um, but then, yeah, just, it, I don't know, it ran its course and went on to be very disappointing. And I would say that, like I said, for other shows that I really liked, like Veronica Mars, I loved Veronica Mars so much. And I was so stoked to hear that there was going to be a reunion season that could possibly lead to uh, more of a series. And it was terrible. The writing was horrendous. There wasn't focus on like the original cast of characters besides Veronica, which is, like, that's why we're watching the show, is the relationship between characters we fell in love with. So, like, that's super yeah. good. They tried to introduce a bunch of new characters and a bunch of new stories, and it just was really messy, and the ending was horrendous and so upsetting. Um, so, I don't know. I think, like, there's this weird sort of way of trying to push the story forward so much that it feels like okay, well, this isn't what I used to watch. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, well, and one thing I was just looking to about, like, the Will and Grace thing, they did three revival seasons. Was it three? I just looked. It was, it was 2018, 2019, and, like, 2020. Well, it started, like, late 2017, but it was three seasons. Wow. See, I didn't even know. I didn't realize it was that long because, like I said, it kind of gave up on it. And it seems like a lot of people did, too, because the ratings went pretty low pretty fast. 
but like from what I understand from what I heard from people it got really bad because again they like tried to just introduce a bunch of new things so like I know like Demi Lovato randomly became a character on that show I don't know why <laughs> like what is what and like I think that that's kind of an issue too when shows come back and they try to move the story forward way too fast that it doesn't feel like what we used to watch at all it just feels like a brand new show in which case why didn't you just make a brand new show yeah exactly and i agree uh um that definitely sounds frustrated with veronica mars as well that it comes the issue that like what do we do do you do an episode that is an episode or a season that is exactly what it used to be do you try to uh uh, adapt it to maybe more modernized based on how long it was gone for um how do you address the time gap depending on how the show ended it's in general um like where it left off i think that that's just a thing that is it, it's so hard with these reunions and like where i think that not to say that like no show should ever have a revival but like for a show like like Will and Grace to go eight seasons, you know that's a that's a good amount of episodes, where they were probably hell if they did twenty so episodes a season, like they easily did hundreds of episodes, and then to come back for not just like oh a return season, this is what everyone's been up to, but like three years, three years of new stories whether you have new writers or the same old writers, it's like, there's a reason why a show ended in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like, it, I don't know, like, it just seems very tricky because like you said, like what, how do you want to handle it? Do you want to keep it as it was? Which is really why we're watching it is that we were watching it for what we watched in the past. Or if you're going to go something brand new, like with the case of Veronica Mars, what's really interesting is you might, some people might remember that a few years back, they launched a GoFundMe for fans to pay to make a movie. And so they raised like $2 million, then they got backing from someone else, and they made like a fan-funded movie. And the movie is fantastic. Like the movie is, is a great reunion and a great like way to visit that story again. Like they totally nailed it. It was amazing. And then a few years later, they came back with like a a season um that was just horrendous and and like it was weird because the fan base of veronica mars is so passionate that i get like sometimes when you're writing for something you don't want to just write it just to service the fans but when the fans are like literally what has kept the legacy going it's like okay well you gotta service us in some way like you can't just go completely rogue um yeah, yeah, well, I guess it makes me wonder, too, because I, I, I didn't watch Veronica Mars myself. Um, the, when it originally ended, like that third season, w was it ended in a way to where it felt like it wrapped things up, or were they just canceled and they were kind of left? It, it was kind of left up in the air a little bit because they were canceled, and so the story, like some of things were a little bit of like loose ends, some things were pretty much closed up, but... Then they came back and had a movie. And the movie felt like this is like a great wrap up for the Yeah, character. I remember 
I remember hearing about that, and that's what's so interesting is like usually when a crowdfunded thing like that were to happen, it's like that seems like a perfect opportunity to wrap things up. So the fact that they then came back with a show. Yeah, <laughs> and I was so excited for the show because I was like, Veronica, nowadays, as an adult, that's going to be awesome. And it was terrible. It was just like they forgot why people loved the show and they wanted to just do something totally like unexpected and crazy. And there was a lot of things that happened that felt like, okay, this is just for shock value. And you're like kind of dismantling the environment you built just to, I don't know, shock us. And that's stupid. And yeah, there, it was just like, I, like it was just very messy. All of it was very messy and incredibly disappointing. And that sucks too. Like when a reboot is so bad, it can kind of almost tarnish a legacy, almost where it's like y'all should have just left it like it was because I have held it very high, and now you've come back and you've made me angry, and now I'm mad at the franchise. Like I'm mad at this. Like so, why did you do that to us? So I don't know. <laughs> like you said, like. A lot of people feel like they really do want a reunion. They really do want these like casts to come back together and these shows to come back. But for me, I'm totally past that because there's just been so many disappointments for shows that I used to love that have come back and were very disappointing. Like just sure. Mm. Well, I think it's 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 also the big thing is the method in which the show ended versus the way it's brought back. So, for example, it sounds like if the the new season of Veronica Mars never happened, like you were very happy with the movie reunion, right? Yeah, for sure. So it's like that makes sense, but like the to just bring it back again feels like they should, like you said, just come up with a new idea um, and not just keep revisiting these characters because it could tarnish not only for some of the older fans, but like if anyone's going to, that's their first interpretation of like Veronica Mars in general, they may not want to go back and watch the first few seasons. Like it just doesn't make sense. Um, a couple reunion things that I, it's like, I see hit or miss, miss reasons, uh, for people to, or to not like them. Uh, personally, but I appreciated the method in which they came back. One was, uh, did you ever watch the show Psych? No, I did not. So that's one. Um, it went for eight seasons. Uh, it was more so comedy, but it was a procedural. So in the sense that it was 42 minutes and like every episode was like a new crime that they're solving. It's a lot of fun, but last couple seasons, the writing like it's funny but also they're running out of ideas and sometimes things felt like retreads because there's only so many crimes that you can do that someone can go around and solve like i know we've joked about svu lasting for fucking ever <laughs> yeah but it can do no wrong still <laughs> still crushing the game gotta say so what Psych did, uh, I think this was a few years ago now, but uh, they're set to maybe do this again, is they did a, a Christmas reunion special um, where basically instead of coming back for a season, they made, uh, you know, usually the show was 42 minutes. They made like a, I think it was like an hour and a half, not quite two hours, just an hour and a half TV movie that... Um, it was a lot of fun. You could totally tell that the leads had 
the chemistry still, um, but some of it was not to me like the best. It almost to me the reason why it felt off was because the show was forty two minutes, so like you kind of knew the rhythm and the pacing of every episode. But with this being an hour and a half, it was almost like a two parter in a way, and it felt overextended and clunky and a little off like but i appreciated the idea of like well instead of coming back for like you know say four or five episodes or like a new season they're like well we're just gonna do like this special and i've heard that they're gonna do like another special um which i'm interested to see how this is pulled off but that they're doing it just every couple years every few years and they're not just doing the will and grace thing of like here's three full new seasons it's like here's one take a little break kind of forget about it and then it's going to come back like um so i appreciated that and one of the other ones was the makeshift seinfeld reunion that was done on curb your enthusiasm so what was that reunion like because i didn't watch that um was it like their back as their like themselves or was it their characters or what what was that yeah so it's fun because it's kind of like an arc of a season so basically uh have you seen any kirby enthusiasm yeah. um yeah for those who haven't just the briefest description is larry david was one of the co-creators with jerry seinfeld of the show seinfeld and in curb he plays a version of himself it's uh, he's just Larry David. He's also in the show. He's famous for having co-created Seinfeld. So he has a lot of money. He has a lot of celebrity friends. He lives in California for most of the time. And basically, um, without going too into detail, he is constantly being asked, like, are you going to do a Seinfeld reunion episode? Come on, do a reunion episode. So he's like, yeah, 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 fine. I'll write one. Uh, because everyone hates, a lot of people hate the Seinfeld finale. Um, they really, really hate it. It gets a lot of crap. And so there was a reoccurring joke where everyone's like, yeah, we could, you know, maybe do it right this time. He's like, hey, that was a good finale. It was fine, you know? <laughs> and he gets really defensive. And anyway, he... So this was season seven of Curb. Uh, a loose storyline is that he's getting Jason Alexander and Michael Richards and Julie Louis-Dreyfus. He's getting them all back on board to do one episode um and so as it's going further especially in one particular episode that's just called seinfeld um they're filming the scene and there's parts where you'll see them do a table read and then they're shooting um and you may see a clip here and there it's never a full-on seinfeld episode but like through all these snippets you can kind of piece together what the episode was um and they got like the original setback but then they modernized it a little because obviously styles change um and i just think it was really well done because for all the seinfeld nerds like you can watch it over and over between like the table read sequence them shooting it to them then just showing the characters watching the clips you can put together the episode and it's very fun because they pick up right where they left off like chemistry wise um it's it's like you get what you want but it's also in the middle of a curb your enthusiasm show um so it's like you get what you want but it's not like the pressure of doing a full-on 
reunion where people are going to just criticize like they did the series finale. Yeah, that sounds like an incredibly unique way to bring you back into that world just a little bit and just take you right out of it again. Like, it just sounds like a very interesting way to pay homage to the characters and the show, but then also, like, what it meant for culture and, like, what it means to people now. I think that that's an incredibly fascinating way to do it. It's really unique. Um, on that note, <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to bring up, like, another really unique, weird reunion. Not that, like, the science sure. one was weird, it was just different. Um, so I never watched this show, so I just want to disclaim, like, I just want to talk about this really briefly, because I never watched it, but I find the concept really different and interesting. So Beverly Hills 90210 was a show that, um, our parents watched, I guess, 80s show? I don't know when it was, 80s? Whatever. It was iconic, it's huge, it's like a big cultural staple for, especially for, like, campy teen shows, whatever. Um, you want to know a fun fact about that? Hmm. They were all in their 30s. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's where my mom got the idea for the name Brandon. <laughs> was Beverly Hills 90210? Was my brother's name is Brian, and she wanted something that sounded similar, and she liked there's a character on that show, which I have not seen the show, but there's a character named Brandon. Wow. I wonder who it is. <laughs> I want to look it up real quick to see who, who, who you are. Um, but, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but uh, I just, uh, how often do we talk about Beverly Hills 90210? Never. And so, I, wow, that's crazy. Um, oh, you were, oh, Brandon Walsh. I've definitely heard of, like, this character. Jason Presley's character, Priestley, whatever. So, okay, yeah, so Beverly Hills 90210 was, like, major. I've ne- Like I said, I've never seen it, but, like, I know certain things about the show because it was just, like, a massive thing in culture at the time. And they brought it back for one season. And this was interesting because, like, like we were talking about, like, millennials and nostalgia and, like, wanting these. That was not a millennial show. This was not a show for us. This was a show for our parents. Like, let's be real. And so it was interesting <laughs> to see, like, a reunion that wasn't for our demographic. Um, and I obviously wasn't going to watch it because I didn't watch the original one. I don't care. But what I found incredibly interesting about this reunion was that they came back as themselves. So it was, like, an incredibly meta reunion because they came back as the actors, as themselves, who and they are filming a reboot of Beverly Hills 90210. So it was, like, yeah, your face. I, your face says it all. It was like, Say that again. So, like, they all came back to play themselves and it was like a show within a show kind of situation where they okay. come back, they're playing themselves. So Shannon Doherty is Shannon Doherty. And the plot of the reboot reunion situation is that they've all come back together to film a Beverly Hills 90210 new season. Interesting. Right. <laughs> like, what? What? Like, that sounds so <laughs> bizarre and so weird. And it's like... They, like, I'm sure your audience 
isn't coming back for y'all. Like, they're coming back for y'all's characters. So it was just, like, really weird <laughs> from what I gathered. Like, the drama, like, it was still, like, this very heightened, like, soapy drama. But it was, like, at, in their real lives. And so, like, huh. yeah, so I was, like, reading that there was, like, a storyline between, like, one of the female actors and one of the male actors, like, having, like, a relationship behind the scenes and then his wife was mad about it but his wife is a fictional it was like super weird so it's like a show within a show the reunion is they're playing themselves or heightened versions of themselves while they film the reunion of the show and it's like why did i think there's some steps y'all could have cut out like what? <laughs> like i i don't know if this show of all shows de- deserves such a a, a complicated reunion premise right i mean it's kind of like the curve one where it's like oh we're gonna it's gonna be a reunion about reuniting but it's like well that makes sense for the seinfeld world it does not make sense for a a 80s teen soap drama like what like yeah like a soap drama seems a little odd whereas like Curb was about the co-creator of seinfeld right so and like he legitimately yeah, he's legitimately always asked about doing a reunion. And so what's interesting, too, is like he does it literally for someone else and like not for him. Well, like it is for a selfish reason, but like it's it's just funny that like, he's like yeah, 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 fine, I'll do it. And everyone's like, wait, what, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of... Uh, you know, kind of back and forth just for it to be a reunion anyway. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I didn't, I, I thought I heard 90210 did that, but I did not know that's what they did. I, yeah, I didn't either. I don't, like, I guess I found it through an internet rabbit hole that that's how they did it. Cause like, <laughs> I, like, I think I must've, I think I saw a trailer and then they were saying like their own names. Like, cause I know like Shannon Doherty and Luke Perry from like shows I watched after and they were saying their own names in the trailer, and I was like, wait, like, what's going on? And so, yeah, I, like, saw all these fans being like, what the hell is this? And I guess the ratings <laughs> were great, so, like, they finished it right away. Um, yeah, so that's that's weird. I don't know. And then just um, one thing, like, one more thing I really want to touch on is the Friends reunion that's supposed to be coming. Yeah, there's a hot discussed friends reunion coming to hbo max i believe yeah which is really interesting that it's going to be on hbo max of all places but whatever but what i think i i truly think that this is just going to be it's it's just setting up for failure i'm sorry you guys like i think (laughs) and i'm a i'm a huge friends fan i've seen every fucking episode like five times i love it i loved it when i was younger and i love to revisit it but I do think that this isn't going to be, like, our typical, like, reunion. If anything, I see it as all of the six characters sitting in Central Perk being like, hey, do you guys remember that one time? And then it's like a clip show. Because I think, like, the that's what I think it's going to end up being. Because it's truly all a way to market the fact that HBO Max now owns the rights to every single friend show. And so it's going to be like exclusively streamed only there. So I think 
it's gonna be an introduction to like hey remember friends like oh yeah i remember that one time that joey did that thing and it's just gonna be like a glorified clip show truly yeah well it's i i, I know it's a show that people have been demanding it for years and because now it's been 16 years since it ended um it felt like for a while i'm like all right this is not gonna happen and i know there's been crossovers where like some of the other stars like popped in and some of the other stars shows mm-hmm. like in a guest appearance kind of obviously playing different characters but it's like hey matt leblanc's on this show with so and so you know it's whatever um i i i don't have high hopes for it um uh, i'm not gonna you know, go into it with negative thoughts, but I just, I think it's been too long. And uh, when you cross like over a, t- I feel like anytime a franchise or a show, like when you cross over a 10 year mark of trying to go back, that it's like, yeah, what part is it? Like, are we too nostalgic to where we can't look at it through like a regular lens because we're just so caught up in what we're picturing it should be um which is like one of the inherent problems with reunions which is us getting disappointed because like we have an idea of what we think it's going to be and then if it's not that and then being frustrated exactly yeah and i think that this is definitely going to be one of those shows and i do think too like a lot of shows are perfect for where they were at at the time like that's where they should have been left because like Like, Friends, for instance, a lot of it is, like, remember the 90s? That was wild. Like, and it's, like, perfect for, like, being in the 90s, and that's it. But if you bring that world now, it's, like, well, what, is that even nearly as fun or as, like, unique as it was? Because, like, I don't know, our, our ways of relationship has changed so much since then and how we communicate and interact with each other. I don't know. Again, I just don't think it's going to be like that in particular. It's going to be what we want. And I think like some shows, I'm, honestly, at this point, I'm like most shows just nah, just leave it be like it's just not it's not what we thought it was going to be. It's not working out. <laughs> just let it be for what it was. Yeah, it just there's there's a lot of factors that play into it when it comes to reunions. I'm not totally against it but i think there's just so many possibilities and 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 things that it depends on like where did the show end where it was was it canceled was it ended abruptly did they wrap things up in a cohesive way to where we don't need to revisit them it just it allows us to you know just really just hey they're back yay it's it's happy but to me it almost feels like Unless it's done super well, like a like a momentary, uh, like it's a, a a temporary high, if you will. Yes. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's great, but to which I say, like, guys, let's just let's go, just revisit the original thing. You know, I I get it if you watched it three times and you're like, hey, why I want more, but find a new show, <laughs> like to to love, and it's it's hard. But they're out there and, you know, with streaming services and so many con- so much content being out there, like, I bet you'll find another show to love. Because, like, that's one thing that uh, people are really, really demanding an office reunion, like a revival. Like, not just a episode, but I think, like, a lot of people want the show to come back. And personally, when it comes to, like, I 
I'm someone that like I love The Office, but I think it's gotten really over. I don't want to say overhyped, but it's just so talked about with our generation that we're just so uh, biased in our love for it. I think a lot of us forget the flaws it had, and but it it ended and wrapped in a very satisfying way. So like, let's just let it be. Whereas you know, like you originally brought up with Veronica Mars, like it maybe wasn't ended in a satisfying way so you can write a movie or whatever and then try to fix it but sometimes we gotta just let things go yeah (laughs) exactly and i do think that reunions can work but if they're overextended it can get very stale very fast and so i think like like you were saying about like the psych christmas movies what's interesting about that is it's a very short window an hour and a half for you to go back into that world go back with those characters and then you're taken out of it and then that's it and like maybe they'll come back again in a few years but that makes it feel more special it's like okay i can go back in and i can revisit this but then it's done and like in the case of like veronica mars or will and grace or some of these other shows that reboot where it's like okay this has been going on for too long i'm now past nostalgia and i'm just in criticism mode and it's like okay those warm cool feelings are gone and it's like do i like this no and then i'm upset so like i think time like the time the length of the reunion kind of have a lot to do with it and i do think that's another reason why these like covid reunions are working is because it's like oh this is just like a one time even if it's a table read it's like okay they're all coming back for a half hour hour this is really nice and then then that's it like i just pop back into this world and i'm out again yeah i i i i think a big thing and this isn't just like it it (laughs) so often like we can equate to like reunion things as like sequels you know movie sequels that sometimes often well more often than not movie sequels are forced for just money reasons they're not really forced because a good idea is in place and that's why often people complain that some a lot of sequels are worse than the original or never are good enough well i think it applies the same to reunions where i think it really should only be done if it's done with a good or unique idea like like we said with the parks and rec one it was brought back in a unique way that was relevant and for a good cause. So it was fun. It was exactly what we wanted. And if anyone, like, I'm sorry, but if anyone's criticizing it, it's like, well, even if you don't like the humor or anything that was happened with the characters, it was for charity, guys. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, like, it's not like some ad exec who's just pushing or a producer that's pushing for a reunion because they just know they can make money on it. This was for selfless reasons so i i think that that should be what the rule is almost with reunions like is it a good idea like maybe the showrunner or a writer's like hey i just came up with a really good idea for like a reunion episode or for a special or a christmas thing or a holiday return or whatever it is like i have a good idea great let's do that or let's review the options, but let's not just do it to do it. Exactly. And I do think like that's a flaw as well is if you're doing it just to do it, um, then that's where you're going to get into trouble of like, okay, well we can make all the money in the world if we just make this into a series because there's already a built in audience. And like that doesn't work. I think that's been proven a lot. That's where like 
a one-time special could really work because it's like yeah one off here's a moment and like we're back in that world and it's exciting but it doesn't like overstay its welcome and I think yeah the the intentions behind it are what really matters because if you're coming back to pay homage to the show or to wrap it up or bring you back into the characters because they didn't get a proper send-off like that's totally one thing but if it's like oh people watch this then they'll watch it now it's like that doesn't that doesn't work. That doesn't always work. Um, you know, and it's really easy for fans to turn on you. I mean, also look at the Roseanne reboot. Like, that was horrendous. Like, that went terribly wrong. And that's not because of, like, the show itself, because the show itself was pretty good. It's, like, the the people that are involved could also have, like, a really negative impact if they're not in it for the right reasons. So it's, like, I, to me, like, I, I know I sound kind of negative, but to me, like, there really, really has been way more worse reunions than there have been, like, good ones, and I think the good ones are just, like, kind of now popping up for, like, COVID charities and stuff, but, like, past that, like, eh, like, there really hasn't been one that was, like, this was, this was great, like, I'm so glad they did this, this, like, moved it along, it's wonderful, like, I can't really think of one off the top of my head that I felt was like, they nailed it. I'm so glad they came back. It's usually like, wow, that was really upsetting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And it's funny. I almost completely forgot about the Roseanne reunion because that only lasted part of a season. And then after the, <laughs> after the controversy with Roseanne, they canceled it. But then luckily for, I, I can't speak, to the actual content of the writing or whatever, but I'm at least glad for the all the staff that was suddenly fired because of Roseanne's mistake that they got to just continue the Connors. Yeah, and like I <laughs> and it, everyone else came back. Yeah, because everyone else was like, <laughs> "I love this. I'm in it. Like, fuck that." And like, it actually kind of worked. Like, I. Because I used to love Roseanne back in the day. Like, I... And it was so, so interesting. Because, like, the Roseanne back in the day is not the Roseanne now. So, like, that's super weird. But, yeah. Like, I watched the Roseanne reboot. And it was really well done. And it actually, like, made me really laugh. And it worked very well. And then that whole thing happened. And it was like, well, great. You just ruined it for everyone. And then, yeah, they came back with, like, a different show in the same world and it kind of actually did work like I'm not currently watching it but I did watch the episode where they like address like Roseanne's off the show and it and it worked and didn't they kill her they off they killed her off and it actually but it like worked like it worked like and it was like it was sad and it was like depressing but it was like very much in the vein of like the character and the show and like she ended up like cause you know she's a little trashy lady we know that that's like the whole shtick um she just, like, wasn't taking care of herself. She was, like, really bad. And then she was secretly popping pain pills, too, because she had, like, this really bad arthritis or something happening. So it was, like, okay, yeah, that's, like, dark for a comedy, but it actually kind of works for the character. And they addressed it, I thought, very well and moved on um, in a way that works. And I think the ratings for the Connors is actually still pretty good, even though I'm not watching it. So, like, I guess that's one that has a very interesting story but sort of works for itself i don't know (laughs) yeah how interesting (laughs) yeah that uh 
I don't know. That's it's crazy to think about. Uh, I think that's one thing that that's a little bit of a darker subject, but the idea that why some <laughs> why some shows can't come back is if certain stars of it aren't necessarily healthy or if they've passed away or if they're just not in acting anymore especially you may be like child stars or something like maybe they're just not in acting anymore you know maybe they just don't want to relive those characters i mean we saw with like fuller house like the olsen twins they were just like is we're not about that life anymore like thank you that's i'm sorry that's a reunion i think works and i really enjoy actually that's the only one. Yeah. That's the that's it. That, that's the only one. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh. like yeah, but they work around that very well with the Olsen twins not coming back. And like um going back to the Lizzie McGuire table read, what was interesting about that is like some of the supporting uh, actors in it were child stars who are no longer acting, but they came back for it, which I thought was really cool. Like, they're just a total normies now, but they're like, you know what? I love the show. I'll come back. Like, why not? It's 30 minutes. Whatever. So, I don't know. That was just, like, a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think it's... um yeah, it's uh, as we were kind of wrapping up here, I think we both are kind of on the same page that like unless you have a unique original or like a, a real passion reason to bring something back, it shouldn't just be brought back just for the money or just for nostalgia, you know, because we have the thing we can uh, with streaming services or DVDs, Blu-rays, you know, we can, re- we can rewatch stuff. We don't need to just have it come back just for for shits and giggles. Yeah, and I think that if it is going to come back, it really does need to be grounded in the purpose of why it was so popular and meant so much to people. As opposed to like, okay, here's all your beloved characters, but we're just going to get wild. It's like, okay, that's not why we loved... You know, I think if you have a clear purpose of like the world you built and you want to expand on it, but you also want to keep it in the realm of, of what it was, great. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll definitely see not only through recent reunions that are happening, but things like the Friends reunion and others that are coming soon that like, will they work? Will they not work? Um, Yeah. And and what's going to be like the next show? Like Parks and Rec was a show. Let's be honest. It it only ended in 2017. So (laughs) it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. but also, it came back in such a short, quick, fun, unique way that I had no problem that it was only gone for a few years, you know, and maybe they'll come back in a few more years. Who knows? Um, but yeah, guys, what are some reunions, some specials uh, that you liked, that you didn't like? What would you think about the ones we brought up? Um, please let us know in the comments and such, uh, whether this is on our YouTube page or, uh, reaching out to us on social media. So yeah, Jess, if they want to reach out to us on social media, where can they find you? I am on Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter at Jessquaz, J-E-S-S-K-W-A-Z-Z. So follow me. You can watch me play video games and be really bad at them. You can see really cute pictures of my new dog on Instagram, or you can get my <laughs> really weird opinions on Twitter. So, hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, love the Twitch plug and the, the your, your new dog plug. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so you can follow me on social media at Brandon Prosek on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow Entertainment Buffet, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube if you're not listening to us through that method. Uh, we're going to have some new videos dropping. We're working on some new sketches, some new web shorts and such. Um, I did an experiment with my first ever stop motion animation. Um, it's really dumb. It's only a minute long, but I'm, I'm learning. Um, and uh, uh, if you guys have um anything you want to say about uh topics that we've discussed here or ideas for topics let us know we want to uh branch out to that you know we're coming up next episode's 80 and uh we want to make sure both this one and beyond we're talking about the things you want to hear us chat about yeah but yeah (laughs) um uh any any final words before we we sign off here jess um I never know how to end I these know. things. Why Why can we never know how to end these? Because, I don't know, we just, like, trail off. Um, well, stay safe. Like, ah. uh, stay home if you can, and wear a mask, please, and wash your hands, and just take care of yourself and take care of others and be kind, please. That, yes. <laughs> That's a great ending. Stay safe and stay kind. Yes. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>